So the good news uh, for those of you who are, who are out there that might have been thinking about selling, but then heard some media report and said, oh, it's not a good time to sell, nothing could be further from the truth. Dave Steinberg, welcome to the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. And we're joined today by Mark Boylan, who uh, with his team is a Westchester-based realtor with Keller Williams, and they cover both Westchester County as well as Fairfield County, Connecticut. And Mark, uh, you know, I've got to tell you that our mutual friend, Pat uh, Lilly, speaks very, very highly of he said, "If you, if you, the next guy you'd have got to talk to was Mark Boylan." So uh, let's get into it. A uh, little bit about your team. I, I understand that you have some buyers agents and some. How so? How's your team structured? So yeah, so we have um, five buyer agents on the team, and they they primarily focus on working and supporting uh, our buyer clients uh, because as uh, anyone who has bought a home or anybody in the real estate business knows uh, it is a, a very time consuming uh, process in buying a home from looking at the homes, negotiating, sometimes getting out bids, starting all over, uh, researching neighborhoods, um, going on inspections, follow-ups, closings, all this stuff. So we want to make sure that we have um, people on the team that just focus on our buyers. And I think that's important because um, a lot of agents out there will do it all, right? They'll do listings, they'll do buy side. And really one always cannibalizes from the other because when you have to focus on your listings, your, your buyer <clears throat> clients are suffering or you're unavailable and vice versa. So we separate that, make sure everybody specializes in a specific area of the business. And by focusing on it, that business for them expands. They become much better at it um, and have a better feel of the market and that process. And keep in mind, the listing side and the buy side, they're actually two different businesses. Um, you know, you'll find that there are agents that are, that are really good at the listing side and how to advise their clients and negotiate and, and work on the listing side, selling houses, that is. And there are agents that are very, very good and focus on working with buyers and helping them negotiate and, and hold their hand and go through that process. They really are two different businesses. So we have five agents that focus on that. Uh, we have a team manager that kind of oversees staff and the agents and helps and supports them as backup. Uh, we have a listing manager uh, that helps get our listings up and running on all the marketing that we do and, and get stuff from the municipalities and um, you know double checks things with the seller, handle showing instructions, setting up photography, all of that stuff. And then we have a closing manager. So once we do have an accepted offer on a property, closing manager steps in and they really handle all the details because there's about you know half a dozen or more people involved in the closing from attorneys to agents, appraiser, home inspectors, title insurance, mortgage people, you name it. So you need somebody to really um, kind of uh, back up everybody in that and keep it all on task and moving forward. And then um, I'm the listing uh, person and the team owner. Uh, so I, I meet with all of our seller clients uh, and work with them to you know, work out the best uh, pricing strategy, uh, marketing strategy, and um, get them the best offer 
that we can. So that's pretty much how the team works. We do also have two other support assistants uh, to the team because there's all sorts of other things from marketing, social media, um, administrative work, contracts that, that need to be um, done. So we have those as backup as well. Mm, great. Now, you know, I, I like how you put it that you, you have your team set up so that you bring the maximum amount of expertise to your clients. Um, and I love the client focus. Thank What's you. your superpower? My superpower, um, probably creating uh, the systems uh, for our team because you want to make sure that you have a team or an agent that has really good systems in place because there's so many details in the buying and selling process that if you don't have good systems, checklists, processes in place, you're going to miss some things. And, and those things can come back to bite you or your client later on. So really good in, in, in the systems and seeing the holes in systems and where we can fix those. Uh, other, other things are training uh, and support uh, for our agents uh, and staff and also um, the marketing. Um, you know, I have a good eye for how to market uh, our properties and, you know, what the kind of the vision should be for them. Uh, so those are kind of my, my superpowers when it comes to, um, uh, you know, our team and, and working with our clients. Hmm. So let's talk about your clients for a minute. Let's talk more generally, if you will. Um, you know, we're, 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 this conversation is going on. We're February 28th of 2023. Mm -hmm. If, if your mother was sitting on a home in Westchester County, would you tell her that this is a good time to sell? That's a great question. And <clears throat> the reason it's such a great question is there's a lot of misinformation um, and probably a misunderstanding of where the market is in Southern New York right now. Um, you know, Westchester, Putnam, you know, uh, New York City, but I I'm gonna focus on, on Westchester right now. So, I'd say from about June, July of 2022 up until recently, a lot of real estate headlines have been about how the market is changing negatively. You know, prices going down, inventories going up. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is that is national media. It's the national housing market. That is not local. All real estate is local. So it would be no different, David, if, if somebody asked you, well, what's the temperature in America, right? Well, what a silly question, you know. Uh, it depends on where you are. You know, you could say, well, yes, the average temperature in America is 78 degrees. But if you're in Alaska, it's certainly not going to be 78 degrees. Uh, and if you're in uh, Arizona, it's certainly not going to be 78 degrees. So, <clears throat> so when we talk about the national real estate market, sometimes it feels like, you know, things are not going well. And that's because the media tends to focus on the really bad parts because that's what makes headlines. It makes people actually, you know, listen to the news. So a lot of the bad news that you're hearing about real estate is really coming out from the Southwest and other parts of the country where they had a huge run up in prices and they also have a, a fair amount of new construction that is feeding that supply. So as the, the interest rate shifted, people started to pull back, um, inventory started to go up, prices started to go down. Um, that was there, that's not here. We did not see the, the 30, 40, 50, 60% increase in prices that some other parts of the country saw. Here, it was probably around 20, 25%. Um, and we don't have a lot of new construction 
uh, and Westchester and Putnam and the surrounding area. So we don't have a lot of supply that's feeding in that could make a situation with rising inventory even worse. So the good news uh, for those of you who are, who are out there that might have been thinking about selling, but then heard some media report and said, oh, it's not a good time to sell, nothing could be further from the truth. And just to give you an example, the median sale price in Westchester County a year ago, January 2022, was $789,000. So not a low number, all right? The median sale prices of January 2023 in Westchester County is 830000 So that is over a 5% increase in the value year over year, median value. So prices are not going down. Hold it a minute. Bet, Let, let's just do that number yeah. again. You said mm -hmm. 730 to eight. 789. A 789. I'm sorry. To, to 830. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about so, that. So, you know, put that in perspective. That, that That's not a price that's going down. That actually went up. Best case scenario is maybe prices are, you know, flatlining a little bit or rising slower than they were before. But there's, there's, no, there's no backwards here on pricing right now. So if you were thinking of selling, you're, you're, the value of your home already is up probably 15, 20, 25% from uh, pre-pandemic uh, prices, say in 2019. Well, even from last year, now it's up another 5% or more, depending on the style of home, condition, and, and some other factors. So just to, just to give you a sense of that, the month supply of inventory is what we use to kind of determine if it's a buyer or seller's market. Um, right now, it's at 2.3 months of inventory. So that's down 8% from this time last year. So what does that mean? It means that there's only a little over two months of inventory, meaning that in two months at the current pace of sale, all the houses would be sold. So anything that's under four or five months of inventory, that is a strong seller's market. Once we get over six months of inventory, that's a buyer's market. Prices do start to come down. But in the seller's market, you know, five, four months or less, that is uh, meaning prices are going to go up. And we're at about 2.3 right now. So if, if uh, my, my mom or relative was saying, should I sell? You know, uh, the answer from a price standpoint is yes. Uh, the other question I always ask my clients is, you know, you know, are you selling just because of price or is there another reason? Because I find 99% of the people that sell are not selling because they're trying to take advantage of the market. There's another reason there. They, they want to move to a different state with a, you know, with a different climate job changes, um, you know, a uh, whole host of reasons why they're moving, but it's usually not price-based. You know, that just enhances the decision, if anything. You know, what I find in my conversations, because your clients are my clients, what I find in my conversations with a lot of people is that there's a lot of fear in the marketplace today. Mm -hmm. And uh, for one thing, let's say someone who, uh, has been in their home for 15 years. They probably have a relatively small mortgage now. Mm -hmm. And they know that if they buy another home, instead of getting a 4% mortgage or a 3% mortgage that they may have now, they're going to be looking at a larger mortgage. Of course, what they also should be thinking about is that if they bought a house 15 years ago, they bought it at $423,000. They're going to sell it at $800,000, some odd thousand dollars. They're going to have more money to put down. Um, right. And and ultimately, there's some lifestyle issues that we, as you mentioned, you know, people um, need more space, uh, or maybe the kids have all moved out and now it's time to downsize. And, and 
that really is should be the focus of making the best possible decision. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's important to note historically, um, we haven't really seen prices go down or tank due to rising interest rates. I'm sure you know, David, what early 80s uh, interest rates were at 18% and people were still buying homes. Um, <clears throat> what, what really causes prices to go down is higher supply than demand every single time. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. If there's more buyers than there are sellers, prices are going to hold or go up. Uh, and of course, if there's more sellers than buyers, prices are going to go down. The interesting stat that I saw <clears throat> was that only about 7% of people that get mortgages on their home keep that loan, keep that mortgage for more than five years. Only five years. So most people are buying a home with a mortgage and they are either refinancing, paying off or selling that, that home within five years. So keep in mind, you're not going to get, even if you feel the rates today are high, which they're not historically, uh, but even if you feel they're high, um, you're not stuck with that. You're marrying the house, you're dating the rate. At some point, you are going to refinance that loan, and it's probably going to be within the next few years. So don't get too caught up in where the rates are right now. Because when I started, they were 8%, and this was like 28 years ago. And when they went down to seven, you know, we thought, oh my gosh, we won the lottery. What, a, what an amazing thing. You know, having them go to under three percent was, you know, unheard of, obviously, and I don't think we're going to see that anytime again soon. Um, but don't get too caught up with the interest rates. You still need a roof over your head. You still need a home. You still want to build up equity. You still want to get the tax benefits. So you you should move forward in purchasing the home that you need, and not not make your whole decision based on where the rate is. And particularly in Westchester County, where uh, median taxes are far higher than the national average. Holding on to that um, may may be costing you quite a bit of money, you know. So if if let's say you're uh, you've got a couple and they're uh, they've got uh, a five bedroom, three bath home in Bedford that's mm -hmm. going to cost a million dollars or something like that, maybe even more. Um, they're paying what in taxes? Thirty five thousand or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it depends. <clears throat> you know, the, the the taxes here are not equal for everybody because you could have a very anti old antique home where, you know, nobody's run any updates through the town in years, and and they could have a lower tax than, you know, a newer home that's, uh, you know, uh, or another home that's the same size right next to them that that has. But yeah, it could be twenty thousand, twenty five, thirty, or more. Uh, it really depends on you know the size of the home. But yeah, you're right. They're 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 up there. And they're paying that, they're paying for a house they don't need. They're paying to heat or cool the house. They've got the gardener. They've got, and, and you know, and, and, you know, look, I've been in this business for 35 years. And so you said uh, seven or 8%. We, we were ready to throw a party when the rate came below 12. And, right. Yeah. And, and we thought it was heaven when the rate came below 10. But, yep. um, you know, I, I think that for many, many buyers, the interest rates and the fear are the tail wagging the dog. And, and really, you have to look at what's in your best interest. How do you get there? Let me ask you another question for, for these same people. Um, you know, there are markets where you tell people to sell first, and there are markets where you tell people to buy first. What do you think this market is? 
You know, I've, I've always been in the mindset of selling first or at least getting your house on the market and, and getting some sort of deal on it. And the reason um, uh, I say that is because if, if, you, if you sell your house first, you know exactly how much money you're getting for your home. You are now a more confident and um, more uh, solid buyer going out into the market because you can go in and say to that next person that's selling their house that you're buying that, hey, I've got a contract on my home. There's no you know, selling contingency or whatever. And then you can buy with confidence. If you go out and you buy a house first, the challenge is that you're, you're going to have to go to that seller and say, look, I, I, I do still have to sell my house, even if you don't make a contingency. Um, and that seller, especially in this market with all the offers coming in, you're at a disadvantage. You know, you might be, you know, um, up against three or four or five other buyers who have already have a contract on their house or not selling at all. Maybe they're buying cash or whatever. And even though you're not making a contingency to sell your house, it is a potential problem if you don't, in at least the seller's mind or the listing agent's mind. So there's that. So how do you overcome that? Well, you're going to have to pay more money. You're going to have to outbid and overbid everybody else and make that seller feel, hey, for that extra money, I'm willing to take the risk. So now you're overpaying for the house you're buying. And now once you get that contract signed, you got to go back, get your house on the market, and you've got to sell it real fast. And now you might take a lower price than you might normally would have because you got to hustle. So now you're, you're losing on both things. Yeah, you're getting bitten on both. You're losing money on the house you're selling. You're paying more for the house you're buying. So unless you are in a, a you know, you have that disposable income where you can buy something uh, for cash or you have enough to put down uh, where you can buy something first and you don't mind holding on your house a little bit and owning two houses at the same time, then I usually recommend selling and then buying. Um, some people do get a little concerned about that. Like, what if I can't find anything? And in 28 years, I have never had a client that was homeless. I had one client in 28 years I had to stay, stay uh, one week in a hotel. We're not going to let anybody be homeless. So we have strategies around that. We can work for an extended closing with the buyer that buys your home. So to give you more time, maybe an extra 120 days. Uh, we could do a rent back situation where your buyer uh, rents back your house to you. So now you have your cash and you can go out there and shop with confidence, but you don't have to move right away. And we also have what's called a home of choice clause which makes the, the contract contingent on the seller finding suitable housing. So there's ways to um, protect a seller in a situation where they're concerned about finding their next house. The funny thing is, and every time we do the home of choice, every time we do the rent back or the extended closing, our sellers, once they're under contract, run out and they find a house literally within one to two weeks. It's it, it, with, without fail. They, they just, they get hyper-focused. They're now in the market. They find a home and they lock it down. Uh, we have not had anybody that takes months and months and months to find a house once they get their house sold. So it's important to understand that that's more of a perception that I'm going to be homeless than the actual reality. Mm. So going back to your Aunt Tilly, who's now ready to sell her home, what are the steps? Walk me through the steps. What... How does this work? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, so Aunt Tilly, she would meet with us. Uh, we would go through, um, you know, what's happening in the market, give her an overview. We would um, work out a pricing strategy. We would go through with her the marketing that we do and some options she can take or leave depending on how she wants it. And once we get the the paperwork uh, all uh, signed up, uh, we'll get started with, um, you know, having our listing manager go through. Uh, the house, um, getting the information from the municipality, making sure that everything 
lines up there because we don't want to have problems later. We, we try to bulletproof the transaction, try to get ahead of problems before they arise. Um, if they're okay with staging, we'll have a stager come through, do a consult. And uh, what, is work the on what is staging? So staging is where uh, we have a professional that focuses on kind of the design or, or staging of the home to, to bring out its best features um, and cause the buyer to have a bit more positive emotions about the house when they're, they're looking at it. It doesn't mean that we're getting rid of all the furniture or bringing in new furniture or having you spend a lot of money. We're working with what you have, kind of rearranging things. It's usually more about elimination uh, than addition. And um, you know that process can take a day to organize that. It can take a week, depending on what needs to be done there. So while that's going on, we're generally running what's called a coming soon campaign. This is where we pre-promote the house to the market, to the agents, to the buyers. So kind of get that um, uh, momentum building up, waiting for the house to, to come on the market where people can actually show it. And then once we get everything together, photography, floor plans, uh, 3D tours, uh, staging, uh, all of that stuff, we're going to present Aunt Tilly with um, a draft of that listing so they can she can look through it, make sure she likes what she sees. And once she gives us the green light, we'll go ahead. And that's when, you know, everything starts happening. The showings start happening, open houses, uh, negotiations, offers, all of that starts happening in that time frame. usually within, you know, the one to, to two weeks afterwards. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, what I find remarkable is that how many people go with someone who who they know from their garden club mm -hmm. who works one day every other week right. and it is incredibly um important for a home owner to, to realize that they're going to pay the same fee to mark boylan who has this incredible team this incredible infrastructure as they would to someone who is a uh, one-year licensed or who does it part-time and who, you know, to use a golf term, is a duffer. And, you know, in my mind, you'd have to be nuts not to go with Mark Boyle. Yeah, it, it is challenging because <clears throat> there are you know, when I got into this business, um, the joke was that, you know, uh, real estate had a lot of people that, you know, treated it as daycare for adults, right? It was, it was socially unacceptable to say you were unemployed. So you get your real estate license, you'd sell a couple of houses to your friends, and you could say, hey, I'm a realtor, right? And the business has really evolved over the last 20 or so years. It, it, is, it is career. Uh, it is full time. Uh, it is hardcore. And you need somebody that knows how to operate in that world. So picking somebody that just got their license, and by the way, getting a New York State real estate license, there's nothing in that program, nothing in the state course that teaches you how to sell real estate, nothing. It's all about meets and bounds and regulations and laws and fair housing, which are all good things, um, but nothing on how to market properties, nothing on how to uh, consult buyers, nothing on how to negotiate. So you know, you're, you're just because somebody's licensed doesn't mean they're experienced and it certainly doesn't mean they know what they're doing. 
So it is, it is important for you to go out there and find representation that is experienced, that does have support, does have leverage, does have systems, and does have a really good track record and does sell a lot of real estate because that's a good measure of if you're dealing with somebody that's really running a real estate business or they're just a hobbyist where they're just doing it whenever. And, and the other advantage of working with someone like yourself, Mark, frankly, is that you have a great reputation. As I said, we've known each other for a little bit now, but I called you, of course, Patrick Lilly, who's uh, a giant in the real estate industry. Yes. In New York. Yeah. Patrick said, you're one of the best realtors he knows. Now, and that's, real- and that's very kind. And he's, he's amazing, too. So I, I do have to give him some kudos. Uh, Patrick's been a not only a, a huge influence on uh, New York City real estate, but he has been a huge influence in the national real estate market because uh, of the conferences he runs and, and the network that he has of, of top agents around the country. Um, he, he's, just, he's just provided so much value to all of us that were members of uh, the Rev um, conference group. So you know, I have, to, I have to give him a lot of kudos for that as well. But what I was going to take out of that is you have credibility with your realtor community. And that isn't something that happens by accident. It isn't something that happens overnight. It's something that accrues over time. The credibility, the expertise, the recognition of your fellow agents. And, you know, Mark, I I mean, you you demand. Oh, Um, thank you. Let's shift, let's shift gears a little bit. What are you pa- passionate about? What's fun? What's fun? Well, um, I like spending time with my kids and my family when I can. Uh, I do like traveling, though it can be a little bit challenging uh, when you own your own business, as you can imagine. Um, and I do like hiking and, and being outdoors as well. So those, those are kind of the main things for me. How old are the kids? They're getting up there. Uh, they are. <laughs> My son's going to be 18 soon, and my daughter's 21. Wow. And I actually, for my, my son's 18th birthday, uh, we are heading down to Key West. He is, for his 18th birthday, he's going to go skydiving. I will oh, not wow. be, yeah, I will not be joining him <clears throat> uh, in that because uh, he's, he's a little more wild than I am. But I will be watching from afar uh, for, for his jump. My son actually <clears throat> was a paratrooper for her. A bit. Oh, so, well, then he's I, I got to see my son do that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's great. That's great. Um, this has been a real pleasure. Uh, we've been chatting with Mark Boyland, who is an amazing realtor covering uh, Westchester County in New York and Fairfield County, in Connecticut. He and his team are experts at selling and uh, helping buyers with uh, find the right home. And Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, David. And I really appreciate um, you giving me the opportunity to uh, talk about our business. Hi, this is Dave Steinberg, and welcome to the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. We're, uh, we're chatting with Mark Moyland, who has a great team uh, in Westchester County and Connecticut that focuses on uh, both helping buyers buy their home and helping sellers uh, get the best possible uh, dollar for their home. And 
one of the things we were talking about uh, off air was strategies for buyers to use in the current market. Everyone knows that the inventory is limited, which means it's you're competing for homes. What are some strategies that buyers can use in this current market? So it's still a competitive market. Uh, we have a little over two months of inventory, which is low. That is a strong seller's market, meaning there's many more buyers than there are sellers. And so what we're running up against um, is that, uh, you know, people or buyers are getting into multiple offer situations, just like they did last year. And you have to have a strategy. You have to understand what you're competing with. So, for example, one of my agents on our team, she actually, she just, she just texted me. I got I to gotta read you this text. This is pretty amazing. Um, she said, um, on a house with a buyer of hers, she beat out 13 other offers today. Mm. Wow, right? 13. So we have 10 strategies that we work with um, to help our clients win out in multiple offer strategies. And I can go through some of them now. The main thing that you have to understand as a buyer in this market is you can't be on the sidelines. You have to be in the game. And you have to understand you are competing with people that are going to be homeless. They've already sold their house, their lease is coming due, they had a kid, whatever it is. They are going to be homeless. So you've got to, you've got to play ball. You've got to be in that game as if you are one of those people. Very important. So what are some of the strategies that you can use? Well, first off, um, you want to know how much the house is worth. Don't focus on list price. List price is a marketing tool. So David, have you ever seen a house that was listed, that sold for less than its listing price? Absolutely. Have you ever seen a house that sold for more than its list price? Absolutely. So does list price mean value? Absolutely not. It's a marketing tool. It's there to get people to look at it. So talk with the agent, make sure you have an understanding. Okay, where is this house really worth? Because even though it's listed for 600, we're looking at the comps and you know what? It's six and a quarter, it's 650. And we're looking at, you know, that the market is uh, in a strong seller's market. We know prices are going up half a point, a point every month. We've got to project for that, right? So don't get so fixated on list price. Mark, so, I, yeah. I, I love that. And let me tell you my take on it, because as we, uh, your clients are my clients, I have this conversation all the time. One of the things I say to people is, look at what the house is worth to you. Mm -hmm. And you and I might both look at the same house in the same market, and you might say it's on a main street, and that that means it's worth twenty five thousand dollars less to me. And uh, gee, my daughter's a physician, and if if she were going to move home, I would say it's on a main street. She's going to be able to get out even if there's snow. And it's worth $25,000 more. Right. And so the, besides the sort of the market value that the experts as, uh, assign, I always urge my clients to develop what I call a vocabulary of real estate. After they've seen three or four homes, to look right. at that and to, to apply their own personal values. I'm sorry. I started to interrupt. No, no, that, that, that's absolutely true. It's, you know, we had our listing recently where we had 20 offers on it and it was as a house that needed some work, right? Um, and, you know, the investors were offering a certain amount 
and the people that were going to buy it to live there, actually use it, were offering a much higher amount because the investor sees it as, well, how do I make margin? How do I make a profit on this? So they're not going to go above a certain amount because they can't make any money on it. But the people that are going to live there for the next 10, 15, 20 years, obviously they're willing to pay more because there's going to be sweat equity and they need a house and so forth. So yeah, houses have different values for different people. So, um, so some of the strategies that we, so first you wanna make sure you understand the value, the true value of the house. Um, next, you wanna make sure that your agent, we do this and we go through our strategy session with our buyer clients. You wanna make sure that your agent is calling the listing agent, calling, not texting, not emailing, calling the listing agent and finding out what's important to that seller. That's really, really important because some, for some sellers, it might blow your mind to hear this, money is not the most important thing. Timing could be important. They need to close quick because they already bought a house or they need more time because they haven't found a place yet. So you can offer things like we can do a delayed close. If, so if that listing agent's like, well, they don't have a place to live, so more time would be better. Great. So our offer is going to include a delayed closing up to 120 days or we'll do a rent back or we'll do a home of choice clause. So that's one thing. Second thing is Try to eliminate as many contingencies as possible. Contingencies, especially when you're going up against cash, are not your friend. And you have to understand the risk involved. Is there real risk here in maybe putting down more of a down payment or removing the mortgage contingency? Or is that just in your head, right? And you can talk about your agent there. The other thing is uh, submitting um, a uh, uh, es escalation clause where you'll offer X above the highest offer, right? And the certain terms. So that can give you an in that might actually be able to get you the house or at the very least, find out what else is being offered on the house so you can re-strategize. So those are some strategies. There's also a strategy we use where we can actually um, block the other offers that are coming in by trying to make a early deal at a higher price that the seller will accept. So by doing that, because keep in mind, I, I primarily do listings and I understand the frustrations of sellers having dozens of people come through their home and they're getting tired of it. And if somebody comes in and hits their number, man, and they can just shut the whole thing down, lock the door and nobody else is coming in, some people will go for that versus trying to see what else could come in. <laughs> Excuse me, you can cut that. Um, so. So trying to block that the 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 highest and best with a, with a good good uh, offer and really dealing directly and closely with that listing agent can be huge. Now, also, what happens if you lose? Right? What happens if you lose on the multiple offer situation? Well, the interesting thing is that many times the winning bidder gets cold feet. They know there was lots of offers. They get the house and then they're thinking, "Oh my God, if I got the house, maybe I overpaid," and they pull out or you know, they don't like the inspection results. So they're just looking for a way to save face and get out. It's super important. And we train our agents on our team to follow up with that listing agent almost every day and check in and say, where are you at with that deal? Is that deal going forward? Are you having any problems? My buyer wants it, we're ready to go. Just switch to us, we'll, 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 we'll make it happen, right? Mm. Because if you're doing that with a listing agent every day, every other day, and they're having, they're having some problems over here with this buyer, which happens all the time, they might say they're still, you know what, we're getting called, you know, from, from one of Mark Boylan's agents and, and they're ready to go and they're going to pay X and they're waving that, you know, why don't we just switch over to them because these people are giving me the willies, right? And mm. boom, now you've got a deal where if you hadn't been doing that, they might have stuck with that buyer longer and just kind of forced their way through it.
And then, of course, the what you've left unstated, but which is critical, is having the right team up front. So uh, we coach our clients to make sure that they have an attorney on board so that the that when they present their offer, they let everyone know we've already identified our uh, home inspector. We've already identified our uh, our attorney so that we're not going to start and waste your time or we're ready to, to hit the ground ro rolling. Right. And then, as you know, and as we face this all the time, not all mortgage pre-approvals are the same. And, no. you know, that's where, uh, you know, some people come in and they have, I won't use the name of, of the national lender, but they have an approval from a national lender that really doesn't know the local market. Or, um, and, and I love going up against them because we can beat them on rate, we can beat them on service. Um, what we bring to the table is, uh, generally speaking, on well-qualified borrowers, they'll get an approval within 24 hours. And that's a firm underwriting approval. And very, very often in our market, we're going to get an appraisal waiver or a reduced appraisal. That means we may be able to take a loan where you have a uh, offer letter issued on Monday. We'll have a loan approval on Tuesday. And by Wednesday or Thursday, we'll know if it's going to need an appraisal and what that's going to look like. And, and so potentially within three days, you'll have a firm mortgage commitment, or maybe it'll be 10 days, but it's not going to be 30 days, 60 days or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's also important if you can, as a buyer and you are getting financing, get a commitment letter subject only to appraisal upfront instead of just a pre-approval because pre-approvals, you know, we get them all the time. I, I, you know, we don't know how how in depth that that uh, mortgage person went into it. We don't know if there's some other outstanding issues. But if you come in with a, a commitment, a full commitment, commitment subject to appraisal, that's almost as good as cash. I mean, that's pretty solid. So if you can do that up front, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a better shot in a multiple offer situation with a commitment letter than a pre-approval letter. Yeah, and one of the things that we bring to the table, and I'm sure you get these calls all the time, but if if let's say one of my clients was buying a home where you were the selling agent, we would be calling them so that for all of our listeners out there, you want to get your mortgage guy calling the seller, the seller's realtor, right. and telling the seller's realtor enough about you so that they have the confidence that they know your offer is real. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so important because it's that personal touch, right? You know, it, it just makes you feel better. It's not just some, some boilerplate letter. You have no idea. You know, I, I always joke about, you know, the, the pre-approval comes in uh, from ABC Mortgage Inc. And the ink is spelled I-N-K. So, you know, you, <laughs> you want to make sure you're dealing with someone that uh, is real, you know. This has been a lot of fun. Mark, yes, thank has. you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, Really, uh, Mark Boylan and his team are really market leaders in Westchester and Fairfield County, and you can't do better than working with, uh, with Mark. 
This is thank the Mortgages Made Easy podcast, and thank you for uh, listening in.